You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So we've branched out into analytics. We're comparing different kinds of things. And we began comparing Bikurim, first fruits, to all kinds of different things like Truma and Trumat Maser and Shvi'it. And then yesterday, we moved out of offerings into the natural kingdom. So we started to compare etrog to another kind of tree. And today, we're going to move into the animal kingdom. So the Mishnah, this chapter of Mishnah, is completely focused on comparisons of different kinds. But it's moved us from comparisons of offerings to comparisons today and tomorrow of animals. And we're going to begin with human beings. Dumb, mahal time, the blood of two-legged animals. What are two-legged animals? Well, that's that's us. That, this is, we're talking about human blood here. I, I'm don't, not quite sure why the Mishnah doesn't say dumb, I don't know, ben adam, or why it doesn't refer to humans. Anyway, it refers to two-legged animals. Maybe it includes apes, I don't know. Um, or animals that walk on two legs, to be precise. Mahal they walk on two legs. Shavela Dambahema. They are similar to the blood of uh, um, cattle in the sense that et they can render seeds susceptible to impurity. We've said we said a few times that ordinary produce grown out in the field cannot be made tame. You know, a creepy crawly can jump all of all over your crops, and it doesn't have any effect on them unless they get wet. F- food that gets wet is susceptible f- to impurity. That's why, by the way, we need to take so much care about olive oil and about wine, because you know you handle olive oil and wine. It's wet already, right? So if you handle it with hands which are not clean, you just render the whole vat unclean. Liquids are dangerous. And there are seven kinds of liquids. I think they're water, milk, blood, wine, um, honey, water, milk, blood, wine, honey. And there's there's two more I can't remember. It's a Mishnah in Machshirim, which we learnt a few months ago. But blood there refers to animal blood. Well, does it? So this Mishnah comes to tell you that human blood, in that sense, also renders a seed susceptible to impurity. So human blood works like animal blood in that sense. And however, but there's a however, it's like Vidam Hasheretz is like a creepy crawly blood in that you're not liable for eating it. So it does render things unclean, but you're not liable for eating it, which is incredibly useful, by the way. If you cut your hand and it goes into the soup, it doesn't make your whole soup non-kosher the way other kinds of blood might. So the blood of humans is, on one hand, it's a little bit like animal blood, but on the other hand, it's, it's not. It's a mixed case. And so are the other cases which we're going to address in our Mishnah. And the Mishnah is going to begin with one of the, if you like, the biggest mixed cases in the whole of the Talmud, which is an animal called a koi. 
And before I get into the coin, before even we get into the um, Mishnah, I just wanted to show you what Maimonides says about a koi, because it's the simplest explanation. It's based on the Talmud. There are many other explanations, by the way, but let's just have a look at the Rambam. Hakoi, the koi, it's a crossbreed from a goat and a deer. And it is said that it's unique. The sage didn't agree whether it was wild or domesticated. So you can see already this koi animal is breaking down the barriers. We don't know what it is, by the way. But anyway, the sages couldn't agree whether it's wild or domesticated. And so they judged it stringently according to both possibilities, as is clarified below. And when he says below, he means in our Mishnah, because the Rambam here is commenting in our Mishnah. Now, some people say a koi is a European mouflon, a sort of mountain sheep. It's some kind of it's some animal which is neither completely domesticated nor completely wild. So maybe it's a mountain sheep, a, a mouflon. And I brought you a couple of pictures of a mouflon just to amuse you. But the Mishnah says, A koi has got some aspects like a wild animal. And some aspects like a domestic animal. And it's got some aspects aspects like both a wild and a domestic animal and aspects like neither a wild nor a domestic animal so you can see here the mishnah it seems as if we're going off on a game of taxonomy here the mishnah is trying to organize and synthesize and draw out these rules and it's probably helpful if we're learning the mishnah and the halakha off by heart it's probably good to be able to synthesize these but you know as we as we go over these mishnayot today it's um uh, it feels a bit like an exercise in a philosophy or a taxonomy class. And the look, the, so there's the picture of the mouflon. The Mishnah goes on to ask, and you can write there are four aspects in this Mishnah, like a wild animal, like a domestic animal, like both wild and domestic, and like neither wild nor domestic. So you can see now the Mishnah is going to explain each one of these four statements. And today we're just going to look at how it's like a wild animal. Kate Sad. How is it like a wild animal? Okay, this is a bit like a shopping list, but hold on to your horses and we'll we'll get there. You've got to cover the blood like the blood of a wild animal. If you sacrifice, if you kill a wild animal, then you have to... Um, you have to cover the blood. It's a pasuk, actually, in Vayikra. I brought it for you just below at the end of the source sheet. If you hunt a wild animal, and the pasuk is specific, Yatsud Tzayd, Yatsud Tzayd Chaya. This halacha applies to wild hunting. You pour out the blood and you cover it with earth. There's this extraordinary taboo on eating the blood, running right the way through Chumash. How does the koi behave? Well, the koi behaves like a wild animal. Remember, the, the Rambam said, Maimonides said, we're going to deal with it stringently according to both opinions. So if we're not sure whether it's wild or domestic, we'll take the more stringent opinion. So its blood has to be covered like the blood of a wild animal. That means, by the way, we can't slaughter it on a festival. That's the next point the Mishnah makes. Because we can't dig up earth to cover on a festival. And the, I brought you the Bartonura later just to show you. The Bartonura says, you know, even if you've already got earth prepared, you can't use it to cover the blood because you only 
it, it, the, the earth you've got to prepare is mukta. It's only for something which is has to be done. And whether you need to cover the earth, uh, to cover the blood for a koi, of course, is a safek, is a doubt. Because we don't really know whether it's a wild animal or a domestic animal. So you, we can't cover it. We can't slaughter it on a festival. And if we do slaughter it, we can't cover its blood because you're not going to break the... Um, you're not going to do work on a festival for a suffolk. How? What? What more do we know? Well, uh, its fat carries impurity like that of a wild animal. Now, uh, we got a pasuk, and, and uh, I brought you another pasuk actually. These are this is um, fat from animals that died by themselves. Or were torn by beasts. You can do anything you like with it. So that this fat doesn't carry impurity. Ordinary fat from a ordinary animal doesn't carry impurity. But remember what the Rambam said: we're being strict. We're, we're going to judge the koi strictly, and fat from wild animals does carry impurity. So, its fat carries impurity like that of a wild animal. But its impurity is of doubtful status. And uh, we don't redeem it uh, with the firstborn of a donkey. For, all, most ordinary, for most ordinary domestic animals, it's a pasuk at the end of Kitisa. The firstling of an ass you shall redeem with a sheep. If you don't redeem it, you've got to break its neck. The firstborn of any animal is, has to be redeemed with a sheep. But we're not going to do this. We're not going to redeem it with the firstborn of a donkey because, well, we don't know whether it's, whether it's wild or domesticated and we're going to treat it in this case as that we're going to be strict and we're going to treat it as if it's wild so that's the first category of halachot related to the koi this uh, mythical animal that might be a wild mountain sheep and uh, we'll learn more of these more of these halachot about the koi tomorrow in fact we'll spend the rest of the chat this chapter learning about this wonderful mythical animal Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.